Hello everybody, welcome to the Big Dog Podcast, the place where we talk to some of the most inspirational business leaders, founders, MDs, celebrities and influencers. Each week we will have a new guest who is incredibly inspirational in their field, giving you an insight into their world. This week we are talking to Dan Dunn from Paper Planes, uh, diving into the world of direct mail, a really interesting topic, as old as time itself, but we talk all about the pandemic, GDPR, and how you can get the most out of your marketing campaigns. Make sure you listen along, it's going to be a good one. The interview you're about to hear was filmed on Zoom due to social distancing, so please excuse any cutting out because of internet connections. Hope you enjoy, don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Doug podcast. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in and listening. Uh, I hope you guys are really enjoying our series. Uh, we are definitely having fun doing it. So today we have Dan, uh, Dan Dunn uh, from Paper Planes, and he is going to talk all about direct mail. It's a fascinating landscape, which people think is maybe a little bit out of date, but there's some really cool things that you can do. And Dan and his company are really leading the way. So Dan, how are you doing? You all right? Welcome. Thank you very much, Luke. That's a, a very um, amazing introduction. I'll take it, but not bad. Thank you. Not bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. I'm all good. So for everyone listening, do you let's start off by explaining what you guys do at Paper Planes. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess, you know, myself, and my co-founder, you know, between us, we've had 20 years or even maybe more than that now combined but 20 years combined working in data insights and analytics. And we've also had the good fortune of working of all different marketing types, uh, whether it be, you know, Facebook retargeting, email, online display, uh, all the way through to good old fashioned postal marketing. And uh, when we look at the landscape, uh, we just feel, we just felt as if in the UK and in other parts of Europe as well, but it just felt like there was a bit of a missed opportunity to, take some of the, the utilization of data, which is so prevalent in um, digital marketing, and then begin, begin to apply some of those best practices of always on automation and optimization opportunities and real insight and analytics and learning from what we send out to customers and just apply that to the postal marketing channel. You know, take the best aspects of digital retargeting, apply it to postal marketing and, and really begin to get something out there that customers are going to want to receive uh, when it lands at home. So when it yeah. goes through the post box, we're sending something that they want to receive. Um, we're eliminating the need to send a lot of stuff which isn't relevant in post mm. and direct mail. Yeah. You know, one of our key drivers as a company is trying to get a well-tailored message to do the job of what may take 100 or 1,000 messages, you know, because in our mind, there's no point sending those because that's waste. So if yeah. we can really utilize data to refine the message, then we can create sustainable multi-channel marketing. And I think just that always on focus of insight and analytics on everything that we send out to customers. So we can be crystal clear on how campaigns are performing and how we can make them better um, is our driving force. And that's what we didn't see happening. And that's why we established at the big old crazy jump of becoming entrepreneurs, growing some gray hairs along the way as we go and actually uh, <laughs> taking the jumps and move so yeah that's our mission that's the uh that that's the paper planes uh vision and mission i guess in a in a in a short summary that's the paper planes way so do you know what's really interesting is that obviously digital advertising is it's just it's the place to be isn't it it's huge right social adverts google adverts everything in between you can think of 
And then you've decided to jump back in to postal mailing, which has been around, you know, much longer than digital advertising. Uh, why do you, I mean, do you, is it still relevant? Do you think it's, you obviously do, you've set up a company doing it. And why do you think it's so important to continue to do traditional, I guess what is classed as traditional direct mail through post? Is it, It's a great question. Probably when the first paper postal marketing, maybe not post, but paper marketing was actually going out there. And it's a great question. And I always find it, it's really funny when we talk about personalization and we talk about data and utilization mm-hmm. of data. Because um, I was having this conversation the other day, like, you know, before there were Facebook, the, the Facebooks of the world and the Instagrams of the world and the Googles and the Amazons, you know, commercialization and usage of data to inform marketing isn't just something which has occurred in the last, you know, 10, 15 years with the explosion. It's been going on for a long time. And if you think back to like the uh, the 90s with the success of the loyalty programs um, and their first, you know, the, the likes of Tesco Club Card and the likes of Homebase Spend and Save and Nectar Card beginning to understand and capture data as to how their customers would shop and how yeah, frequently sure. they shop and what type of things they were purchasing and they were buying. You know, those guys really took the lead and going, well, hang on a sec. You know, we may have a retail environment, but there's absolutely no reason why we can't capture really granular data on our customers through these loyalty cards and then begin to understand what we can do with that data. And of course, what was the key delivery mechanic in the mid nineties for personalized marketing? It was direct mail, it was like mail. direct mail before, before anything else existed. Coupons digitally. in the post? Direct mail, good old-fashioned coupons on the post. I used to work on them myself. I used to sit yeah. there with spreadsheets of 5,000 offers, which I'd wow. have to go through, pinpoint every single one, just to make sure there was no spelling mistakes or no errors oh. in what was going out. And I mean, those were the days. Those You've were done the, the hard days. graft. <laughs> but um but it's uh but that's that's the thing right so you've had you know mid 90s all the way up through to the 2000s the loyalty schemes and then what's what happened in 2004 with the the invention of facebook and then yeah. the commercialization of that data and the rise of the email service providers and pretty much as soon as people started to shop online and as soon as we started to really establish and see the rise of e-commerce yeah. all of a sudden marketers were like well hang on i've got loads of data on customers mm. i can see what they're doing on my site i can see how long how long they're on site for i can see what other type of products they're looking at and, and that really, I guess, took us to the next level in terms of not just being able to tailor insights to drive post, but then really begin to automate and retarget. And, you know, it's not so much then a volume game. It's more about your customer journeys. It's about yeah. what's the right thing to send out to my customers to drive ac- action. And I know you guys are big, Doug. You have great marketing online, obviously, Thanks, through the stuff we do with you as well, which I'm sure I'm sure you will agree is the best stuff. But, you know, through through what you guys do digitally already, you know, you are to utilize Facebook custom audiences or Instagram in the right way to identify B2B clients and then tailor a B2C journey. You know, that's something which is just second nature to clients sure. now digitally. But then being able to take those aspects and all of the advancements and innovations that have happened digitally over the last 10 years and go, well, hang on a second. Let's not forget about the traditional channels yeah. like out of home or like post in our um, in our world. Let's just start applying those best practices back to the postal mail channel. 
because yeah. we know through our own insights and analytics and we know through the experiences we have before paper planes getting a well-tailored message to someone in the post box is going to have 10 times the conversion of Listen, maybe a similar, a similar i agree with you and it's a really interesting point on this is that i completely agree with you i mean we at big dog used to do a huge amount of mailing like huge but i think the conversation and perception of mail has changed in, in recent years with the introduction and misunderstanding around gdpr about and you know i'm quite open about saying you know capital one right they used to send letters out to everyone and i'm not just pinpointing capital one you know there are lots of other people that have done it but i mean I remember getting a letter from my dog because they clearly bought prospect data where they got my dog's name from was lo and behold anywhere, but mail just seemed to be becoming spam, especially postal mailing. And it became a point where people were just being bombarded with it. Then GDPR came in and I think people just were mis misunderstood what that meant. And they thought, Oh, well, you shouldn't be sending me this because of GDPR when direct mail is, you know, classed very differently, but there's that perception now about mail. So in 20, I mean, and then obviously the pandemic will come on to you, but in recent years, how have you gone about trying to, I guess, educate and change people's perception on modern postal mailing? Yeah, and it's a great point because especially if you think about what direct mail has been used for mm -hmm. um, over the last 10 years, it is more so that prospect and acquisition yeah. list-based activity. You know, yeah. it's the type of stuff that you get. You come through the door and you're like, "What the hell is this?" Like, yeah, never. I don't know anything. Don't know anything about this brand. Mm -hmm. I've never purchased from this brand. You know, credit card applications. Yeah. I would say even down to the type of stuff that you get on a weekly basis, which is uh not postal marketing per se but it's coming through the door like leaflets like pizza yeah, drops yeah, yeah. and yeah. those type of things i mean they come through and it's like well you know this has no relevance to me and I, no. I think that's the key that's the beautiful thing about what gdpr has actually enabled you know i remember like three four years ago it felt like the end was nigh like when everyone was talking about gdpr <laughs> Lists have gone. and oh the changes that were going to occur may 2018 it was like the countdown to the millennium mm. again it was yeah, like yeah. oh you need to be really careful. Everything's going to change. The world's going to end, you know, May 2018. And then what happened is actually, I think marketers and, and companies began to, you know, think, well, where are my data sources coming mm. from? And what do I actually know about my customers? And how and who can should I, I be my, contacting? My, who should I be contacting? Why should I be contacting yeah. them? Are, my, are these the right prospects? And all of yeah. a sudden, what we've seen is actually, you know, postal marketing is still great in those in those regards because postal marketing, you know, doesn't have to adhere to the same enforced opt-ins yes. as digital post GDPR. No. But what uh, has really come under scrutiny, and rightfully so, is where prospects and acquisition data comes from. Yes. So what businesses have begun to do is, you know, well, if I am going to use the postal marketing channel, how do I use it in a way which is going to be relevant for my customers? Is going to surprise and delight my customers mm -hmm. and crucially they are my customers now, they've engaged with my brand previously yeah. so there's value to be had there because nine times out of ten if you want to generate incremental value an incremental um, lifetime value it's much better to do it with someone who's engaged with your brand at some stage yeah. than it is someone who has absolutely no idea who you are completely agree and i guess the really interesting thing about what you guys do is you're really clever with 
customer data. So obviously, you know, we work with you and, and you're really smart at taking customer data and segmenting it and sending out mail to people who most probably want to have it. Yeah. And will react to it and engage with it as opposed to just buying a random list in a hope, a wing and a prayer that someone's going to buy something off a leaflet that you send, you know? Um, yeah. And so, I mean, what's been the, how's that development been for you? And what's that journey been for you like at Paper Planes to make sure that you have got to the point where what you're providing is incredibly personalized? Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, we, I always describe myself and Steve, my co-founder, which, by the way, anytime you associate, anytime the word clever and smart is used with what Paper Planes does, should really belong on his side of the business because he's the guru <laughs> in terms of that. You know, he's the, he's I'm the just I'm just the hanger on. I'm on his coattails, but it's fine. It's fine though. But you're um, the, yeah, you're, it's you're been the a good journey. face of the brand, Dan. I was waiting for you to say it. I didn't want to say it myself. You know, to to come across as uh, as as, as uh, arrogant. But I'll take I'll take I'll take it from <laughs> someone else. Um, no, so um, it's been a real. Um, learning curve for us not just because of entrepreneurial startup life you know mm. we were two corporate guys you know when the, even when the, we came up with the concepts you know we were still sitting within a corporation and that in itself is a learning to to yeah. take the jump and go from a corporate background into a startup lifestyle and and you know the risk that comes with that was a learning curve crazy but for the product itself you know we focus so much early on on oh automation and we can yeah. get things out really quickly and you know that's what people are going to really love the fact that we'll get onto a print press really quickly and you know we'll be able to identify someone who's shopping online and then we'll be able to get their data into a mailing format which is going to personalize based on the products and then we're going to get that onto a print press and that's going to be you know what people really love about paper planes and actually what we've found throughout the years is you know, that's not the, you know, the, where the value comes from in this process is not just being able to get stuff out quickly on a print press to follow up and land in the customer's home around customer journeys, mm -hmm. but it's also around the insights and the analytics. So what can you tell, you know, the likes of Big Doug and Luke at Big Doug, who's already advanced in his marketing strategy, what can you tell them about, you know, what we're doing with Post after a month and what recommendations that can we give to refine and improve those campaigns? which is really going to get, you know, yourself excited and it's going to start making you think differently about the channel. Not that you have to buy a massive volume and it has to be a big bulk send and you have to do all of your attribution on the voucher. But what else can you can you kind of like, you know, where where else is value coming from? So insights and analytics and the importance of that, we've really underplayed that early on. And that's crazy because our background it's was crazy. insights and analytics. Because one but... of the hardest things, Dan, and you know, and most people listening know that do direct mail is how to attribute direct mail because it's really difficult unless you yeah. are specifically putting a QR code or a code on there and not everyone's going to put it in how it directly attributes back to a conversion or a sale because you could have just had you could have had many things going on that week from a marketing perspective and a mailer was one of the things you sent out unless you put a code on there or a specific phone number or a QR code that you can actually track you can't attribute hundred percent of direct mail to a sale. So, and what you guys do is really clever because it matches back customer data based on shopping behaviors, which is super smart. 
Absolutely. I was going to say there that, you know, me and Steve, I always describe our skill set or I always describe us as kind of like, um, you know, Frankenstein's monsters of kind of like, you know, this blend of postal marketing and direct marketing expertise through Tesco Club Card mixed in with e-commerce experience and expertise yeah. that we have and Facebook targeting and sky targeting that we've worked on and Twitter. And it's all come together for us to actually, you know, understand that attribution is key and you know consumers are inherently la lazy right so yeah. as a consumer when i've been on the website and i've abandoned the basket or if i have recently made a purchase and i've browsed other items i might come back to your website three days later yeah. um after i've received the mail piece i might come back to the website uh, and that mail piece let's say if we are giving an incentive on the mail it may be giving the customer an extra 10% off, mm. an extra 5% off. It doesn't matter what it is. It might be, be giving them something. It might not be giving them anything. But the customer is naturally going to go to the incentive or the promotion, which is the easiest one to, um, to click through on. It's the easiest one. It's the most accessible form, yeah, which yeah. means that I can very well be generating a sale from, from the mail, but you won't see it because the consumer has gone, you know, maybe there's a site-wide promotion, which is just amazing. Yeah. And this is what our technology has enabled us to show. It's actually, there is a halo which is coming from people who do engage with other mm -hmm. incentives. And then there's this other group of customers who just don't input an offer. Like, so mm -hmm. even if they are driven to come to the website as a result of receiving something, they just don't engage. They either forget to put the offer in, they've been yeah. distracted, they're impatient, probably like myself, impatient. So you just want to complete the transaction. So yeah. there's a whole raft of other people yeah. who just don't ever put them in. And these have been the lost universes for mail for, for so long, you know, so that's kind of like what we we bring to the table as well. Which, I mean, is is genuinely amazing. And, you know, we've been working with you guys for a little while. And I remember the first time we met and you presented and I was like, well, we need to do this. Like, there's a no brainer, you know, for the cost and for what you guys bring and the, the analytics. Like, yeah, why wouldn't we? And, you know, we've had a, an amazing, amazing relationship ever since. And it's been really really great for us but you know one thing i want to ask and touch on is obviously everyone's been at home and how has direct mail changed from the pandemic from what you've seen or has it been better has it been worse like bombarding people who were stuck in their houses with direct mail like what's how's the landscape been from your perspective since the pandemic hit well i think um you know, we, we saw really strong performance now. We, we've been going two years and we've seen strong performance from campaigns the minute we started. Um, yeah. So especially, you know, comparing against the organic traffic coming back to websites. And and one of the really interesting learnings of well is basket value, because mm -hmm. the basket value that we generate for our campaigns are always much higher than a typical basket recovery or yeah. a basket spend online. And so we've always kind of seen that. And I think, you know, with lockdown, you know, we continue to see great growth from e-commerce businesses who had even never utilized direct mail previously. And, you know, I think part of the reason of that is because, you know, we haven't had anywhere to go. You know, no. we've all been at home, been you know, we've all been thinking about, you know, home improvements, you know, how yeah. can I begin to get my wall in my house looking anything like Luke's wall in his house with that decoration and that art and that amazing stuff that you have sitting behind you, which I can see there. Um, <laughs> nice how, how can I begin to, you know, make home improvements and kind of like get that, you know, so that has been top of mind. Uh, customers have been at home. 
Um, you know, mail obviously is fantastic because it lands at home. So it yeah. is going to get noticed more. So the only trend that I, I would say that we have seen is whereas uh, before the lockdown, it would have taken customers maybe on average anywhere between 10 to 11 days after mm -hmm. they have left and abandoned the website or triggered the behavior on the website to come back then to make a purchase after receiving our mail. It's, it's taking two to three days less time. Okay. So what we've seen in our insights is that actually customers have respond, they respond quicker, probably because there's no distractions. There's yeah, no they're... commuting. There's yeah. no needing to kind of like, um, you know, go to the, uh, we all miss it, but not being able to go to the pub. There hasn't yeah. been any kind of like social activities. So probably people have been able to make decisions quicker and come to those decisions quicker with the family members who need to be involved. So that's been the key trend, really. Yeah. So that brand penetration of sticking on that fridge is much more frequent because they're walking past the fridge more often. <laughs> but they've stuck that exactly, letter on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, you need to walk past the fridge a little bit more too often as opposed to stopping uh, and uh, taking something out of it all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all of us, Dan, to be honest. Um, future of direct mail do you think that it will continue to be around do you think there's going to be a lot of changes like what what, what are you gearing up for you just keep doing what you're doing and more data or do you think there's going to be drastic changes uh just interested to know what you think the landscape might what be. yeah yeah um, it's a fantastic question i think you know what needs to change is the you know the bulk non-personalized mm -hmm. stuff which is sent you know, with any, without any utilization of data, you know, what we need to start doing is practicing sustainable multi-channel marketing. Yeah. And you do that through tying direct mail and the need to send something in the post box, which I think will always be there. And I think now to the Gen Z and the millennials, mm -hmm. you know, and I think about, you know, when was the last time they received something personalized and relevant in the post, you know, it's, it's all well and good, you know, with, uh, an older demographic they've probably been used to receiving things in post but when i yeah. ask you know people from from those demographics it's very rare they receive something in the post they love it when they do because also that that demographic is savvy when it comes to data so they like good utilizations of data and i think yeah. post is always going to play a role absolutely yeah. absolutely you know so they're, they're very receptive to that postal marketing is always going to play a role but we've got to, you know, focus on environmental sustainability and we've got to focus on the earth's resources and start getting really smart with how we trigger postal marketing in a customer journey plan. You know, we don't need to be sending out millions um, if we can utilize data to refine the approach. I guess what's really interesting is that new generation, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, all of those guys, right? One, they're not used to getting direct mail because they're so used to being bombarded on their phones and digitally. So it's exciting when they do, but then it's like a double-edged sword. The other side is that they're so conscious of the environment and waste and plastic, you know, they, you know, it's making sure that as a retailer sending direct mail, you're hitting them and being personalized and giving them something which makes them feel special, but making sure that you're carbon neutral and hundred percent recyclable and environmentally friendly, which, isn't always necessarily the case with Big Doug and we'll hold our hands up and say, you know, we used to send direct mail with, with, uh, with plastic wrap on, um, you know, and, and, and laminated booklets and you could literally peel the plastic off that wasn't recyclable. We don't do that anymore, but we used to. Um, and it is just that fine balance, you know, of, of hitting it right with that generation. 
I completely agree, Luke. And not just that generation, but in general, I think as a business, you know, sustainability needs to be at the top of your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I going to do to make the world a little bit better um, when I leave it as opposed to when I actually came into it? You know, and I think that, you know, um, digital fatigue uh, is an absolute thing. You know, saturation of email inboxes is an absolute thing. Like we see it time and time again, you know. It is it's there. So that is an opportunity, you know, because, you know, consumers are crying out for different ways to be spoken Mm -hmm. to and communicated to. But at the same time, you know, you have to then, you know, as a brand who who is looking to utilize postal marketing, you need to ensure that the clients you're talking to have sustainability in mind. You know, for example, we only work with printers that have uh, the relevant ISO standards in place for environmental um, factors. You know, we have forest forest stewardship council approved creatives that go out and the paper is recyclable in terms of what we send out as well. You know, some of the partners we work like uh, we work with, sorry, like Go Go Inspire, like Print Strategy Europe, great partners of ours. And they have environmental sustainability in mind all the time. So I think you really do need to ensure that whoever you're utilizing for post and paper has got account uh, sustainability in mind. Absolutely. Because if you don't. The first place it's going to go is Twitter. Someone will find it, tweet about it. Absolutely. You know, and you're going to have to be responsible for it. And it, it's happened to us. Absolutely. You know, and I guess attention span with direct mail is if you're personalized and, and you're more direct about things, you know, you've got the rise of TikTok, right? That I've talked quite a lot about on here. The average view or average time spent on a video on tiktok is seven seconds people's attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter so being able to grab their attention from a piece of mail needs to make sure that it has a a direct impression you know it's personalized they can they get almost get that wow factor i guess of oh yeah that was what i was looking at and that is relevant to me and then it says my name and it you know otherwise you just it's going to go straight in the bin yeah, neuroscience has shown, you know, that there is so much value in getting something physical into a customer's mm-hmm. hands. Like if you want to engage as many senses as possible as marketers in order to ensure that your brand stays top of mind, you know, and what's the one thing that we can't do digitally is engage that sense of touch, you know. So being able to get something in a customer's hands that they can touch and they can feel, and then they can pick that up and they can deal with that at a time which is right for them. It's why I always love this finding that, you know, we have, we track conversions that are occurring 45, 50 days after a mail piece has landed in home, which we know are incremental due to our controls that we have in place, you know, and we know that customers are coming back to websites. We can see them after they receive mail, they're coming back day four, day five. And yet our optimal time to conversion is day nine to day 10. You know, because as, 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 you know, as consumers, we will receive it, it, we will remember it, and then we'll leave it on the side or on the, on the fridge or in the kitchen or in the living room until we've got time to pick it up and do something with it. Yeah, of course. But on the, on the flip side, there's nothing worse than sending and receiving a letter white with dear occupier on, because for me, that goes straight in the bin. I don't even open it. And I think most people do because you know, oh, here we go, not relevant. Whereas if you've got a brown envelope or something designed with a personalized name on, you'll be like, right, okay, well, I need to open it. <laughs> you know, yeah, what is the, it? The is it a bill, first of all? <laughs> do I owe any money? <laughs> Second of all, oh, look, I've got a discount. Great, <laughs> even better. 
it's the the, the envelope is just there that's just if it's if it's coming to your house Luke, that's just the invoices coming from paper planes <laughs> i hope not to my house but yeah <laughs> but yeah um, i mean and the psychology of mail and how mail um, looks yeah Absolutely. We have this very, we have an ongoing conversation with clients around, you know, oh, should we be sending stuff out in a branded envelope or a non-branded envelope? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the customers who are receiving this mail know who your brand are and have only recently been on your website. The envelope is like the email subject line. You absolutely should be getting your brand on there because we're not tricking people. We don't have to trick people to open it because it's a blank envelope. Yeah. They want you, they like your brands, they've engaged yeah. with your brands. So get your brand on there and get them to open it and get some personalization and relevance pulling in. The data's yeah. there, so we should be utilizing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because then you're upfront about it. You know, people know what they're about to expect. It's from Big Doug. They can see that, oh, I've just been on the website. Right. Okay. I'll see what this is about. You know, it could, could very well be an offer or something like that, which, you know, it is. Um, there's no point trying to hide behind, behind smoke and daggers because that just kind of that just upsets people and people just can get and do get upset about mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, in the same way that you get a customer's attention, you know, if you do it badly or if you do it in a way which is um, you know not relevant or is kind of like in the wrong tone, um, it can annoy people mm. because it will get noticed. You know, mm-hmm. it will get noticed. Yeah, absolutely. So before we go, do you have any anyone listening that either isn't doing mail or has done mail and have stopped or is doing mail at the moment? Any tips, you know, to doing how you should do mail in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I guess, first of all, if you're not doing mail, then please reach out to us at <laughs> www.flypaperplanes.co.uk. Uh, that is a hashtag shameless link. Uh, uh, you can have it. It's great, fine. Paperplanes.co.uk. I, I take great pride. In, that is pe- flypaperplanes.co.uk. Flypaperplanes.co.uk. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so if you're not, then please get in contact with us because we'd love to talk to you about how we can help with that. Um, I think free tips for anyone thinking about utilizing direct mail for the first time, or even if you're utilizing it now, the first one is definitely make it personalized mm-hmm. and relevant to customers. Yeah. You know, you want to give them uh, as much um, information about your brand and you want to utilize as much data as possible to really drive relevance. Um, I think the second thing is you don't always need an incentive or an offer yeah. to drive the action you're looking for. And A-B testing and optimization should really, you know, give you those findings. I mean, as we've seen ourselves, Luke, with what we've done with you guys, yeah. incentive is not always needed to drive nope. a really strong result. No, it's not. Um, and the last piece is if you're running direct mail and postal marketing now and you have concerns around attribution or you're not looking at the results, the insights, and the analytics, mm-hmm. then that's a challenge. You know, you don't yeah. want to be wasting marketing spend. You want to be crystal clear as to what's happening when you send the piece out. And in this day and age, there is absolutely no reason now why you can't have 100% attribution to direct mail and postal marketing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. There we go. Said from the master himself. I think it's amazing. Well, Dan, as well. <laughs> Where's Steve? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, that was amazing. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope everyone listening had uh, really enjoyed it. Really insightful.
No worries, no worries, Luke. Thank you for having me as a guest. And um, yeah, absolutely, anytime. You're very welcome. And uh, once again, shameless plug, it was flypaperplanes.co.uk. Got that right? That is www.flypaperplanes.co.uk. And mention hashtag Big Dog Podcast uh, hey. in your uh, contact form for a special discount. <laughs> and Dan, honestly, really insightful. Thank you so much, so much for joining. Um, everyone listening, thank you again for listening to the Big Dog Podcast. We hope this was insightful uh, into kind of the world of direct mail uh, and giving you some insights on on modern marketing with a kind of an old twist. Uh, once again, uh, keep listening, subscribe, like, share. And we've got some really, really exciting industry guests coming up. Um, one of them is a TV star, which I'm not going to say yet, but uh, we have a TV star coming on to talk about um, the, uh, the construction industry. So keep tuned and uh, see you soon. Cheers. Once again, we really hope you enjoyed the Big Doug podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, all of that jazz uh, next week. We have a very, very, very exciting guest. I'm not going to say who, but... She is a TV star. She runs Women in Construction and she is somebody who is all over making a wave in the industry. Make sure you check out next week. Thanks for listening.